and this is The House Call. Welcome back to this edition of The Brick House. We got a lot of news to cover. We got a lot of big news, big things going on. Who's MVP candidates, who's not, how injuries are affecting teams, what's really going to happen, and who's going to be competitive and who's been competitive so far. So let's get right into it with some big news in the NBA right now. Obviously, we've been looking at uh, the Clippers recently and how they've been waiting for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to come back. It looks like they are planning to be back as soon as Saturday. They're approaching their return. The Clippers desperately need both these guys on the court. Uh, Another big injury news. Um... Chris Middleton is expected to make his debut. He is planning to play tonight against the Lakers. It's going to be cut popping off here very shortly. They got just about an hour and 20 minutes for tip-off in that game. Chris Middleton expects to play in that game for the Bucs. That is a big news thing for them because they, they need him in that lineup. We saw last year they're just not quite the same team. Without him in the lineup, he provides a wrinkle to them that they just desperately need so they can be competitive with teams like the Celtics down the stretch and it's good to get him back now so he can get back into his groove and get going but let's talk about another injury fellas this is a big one right now something that is uh we thought you know these two guys were going to pair up make a really good team there uh we were talking about the wolves having uh rudy gobert and cat carl anthony towns Unfortunately, it looks like Carl Anthony Towns is going to miss some time, if not the whole season, with a non-contact lower body injury. And a team we thought was going to be very hard to defend with those two bigs and everything else they had on that team suddenly is out without a key cog, and it's delaying what we were hoping to see when the chemistry finally hit there and what the, what this team could be. But, I mean, how do the, the, the Wolves survive this, Ernesto? How do they survive not having Carl Anthony Towns on the floor? I'm not going to sit here and try and blow smoke up the Timberwolves' ass. When they did this trade, I wasn't, I didn't see the logic in it besides the fact that Carl Anthony Towns can't defend worth a shit. Like, he's probably one of the softest big men I've seen in the NBA. Um, Shaquille O'Neal calls him out on it all the time. But I can understand why. Um, He's a stretch four, he can score, you know, he can play the post. Where do you go from here? I mean, if he's going to miss the season at significant time, I mean, you can't really go nothing besides maybe calling up Carmelo Anthony, who's kind of like corner three-point specialist that you could maybe just play a stretch for. He could play the post game. I mean, he's not the same player as Carl Anthony Towns, but he's a decent fill-in for while he's injured if he's missing a good part of the season or even the whole season in general. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an option for him. But, I mean, like, we expected these guys to be two dominant big men. And suddenly, you know, Rudy Gobert obviously is a little bit better on the defensive side. But Carl Anthony Towns not being there, that's a that's a key part of their offensive scheme. I mean, you think about what Embiid does for the Sixers. Carl Anthony Towns, they were hoping he was going to be that guy for them. Rudy Gobert, I mean, he's not bad offensively. But, you know, he kind of – he's not he's just not the same player as Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is, is a heck of a key cog to that way that offense runs. And I just don't like, – you said – you know, Carmelo Anthony, I don't think he can put up the minutes. I don't think that Carl An- or, or Carmelo Anthony can put up the minutes that they were hoping to get out of Cat this season. But, Matt, I mean, do you see them being able to survive this and be competitive without him? I think they'll be able to survive. I think it means more Anthony Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell really got to step up. They got the, those shots from Cat are going to open up. As far as them contending, even before the season goes, I didn't see I didn't see it with the with the Timberwolves. I thought the Jazz absolutely fleeced the Timberwolves in that trade. They got four first rounders and a couple of picks for Rudy Gobert, who gets exposed in the postseason. They 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 literally go at Rudy Gobert in the postseason. They switch a guard onto him and they go right at him in the postseason every time. So 
as far as the Timberwolves go, I never really believed in them. Pretty much got what you said. I agree. I don't know that the, the Timberwolves were going to be anything spectacular, but, I mean, at the same time, it's been a weird year. I mean, the Utah Jazz, they've kind of come back down to earth a little bit after, you know, really showing up in the first part of the season, first quarter of the season. They looked – they came out on fire, and then all of a sudden they're kind of regressing a little bit now. You know, there's there's some shakeup in in, in, in these uh, these conferences, and, you know, I thought the Wolves – you know, if they got a good rhythm going with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert and, and all these guys, because they have talent on that team. There is a surplus of talent on that team. And I thought, you know, with the way that they had it constructed, there was a chance for them to be difficult to defend and hard to attack because of the size that they could put on the court. Obviously, a key cog that is missing. But, Ethan, I mean, do you agree with what we're saying around? Do you think that the Wolves are, are pretty much done now or is at best a play-in a play team? I think – I honestly always thought they were going to probably be a playing team. Double big lineups never fucking work. Especially when you have Carl Anthony Towns running the four. Who the hell thinks of that? Gobert is a one, a singular position defender. He can't guard anyone but the center. He really can't. He's a one-way player. He can't score. He's only good at rebounding and blocking shots. Can I, I can mean, I say something real quick, if you don't mind? Go ahead. The only time I feel like a bit a two big man offense works is if you look at the, what the Celtics do with Rob Williams and Al Horford. Al Horford could defend the one through the five. Robert Williams, it struggles with the one to like two or th- even three at times, but he he has such high for, uh, versatility that he could just go up and block it. Yeah, so his vertical's nuts. His closing speed is great, and like you guys said, those like they were hoping Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns could kind of sim- like replicate some of that, you know, some of that that play. And obviously, it, it hasn't worked yet. And we're gonna have to wait till next year to see if it's gonna work at all. And I'm kind of on mat with this. I, I 100% believe that Danny Ainge is is has made a deal with with somebody. With, of a higher power because he manages to make these deals where he just gets a surplus of draft picks, gets rid of, of you know, liabilities on his team that are either on the defensive side or the offensive side, and he's going to address it in the next three drafts, and suddenly the Utah Jazz are going to be completely full of just great talent again, and it's going to be insane. And if anything, this injury to Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best things the Utah Jazz could hope for. I mean, him going down – cripples that team a little bit it ruined it kind of changes their entire game plan and if they don't rebound correctly from this injury they could end up at the bottom of the conference and ultimately give the jazz a better draft pick i mean you think about it the jazz could could easily have a really good draft pick this year or this coming year and still make the playoffs <laughs> and, be, and be, be that good and end up with, with with possibly a really, really good draft pick and a really, really good player. And it would not surprise me at all. And Danny, like we say it, I have to, I think we mentioned Danny Ainge on just about every episode because it just seems that the longer this goes, the better it looks for what Danny Ainge pulled off. And I just, like I said, he, he's, he is probably one of the best general managers <laughs> that I've ever seen in an organization. I mean, he just he we're, continuously does this, and I don't know how. But We're going to have a reason when we play game game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, and we had the number one overall pick at the same time. Oh, my God. It would be – I couldn't even believe it if that happened. It would not surprise me. But since we're talking about, you know, what he did with the Celtics and everything like that, the Celtics made a big move. We brought him up a second ago. Al Horford is now – 
under contract with the Boston Celtics till he's 39, 39 years old. And honestly, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's not a bad deal. It's, you know, it's a little more money than I, I would like to, you know, allocate to a 37 year old guy. But at the, at the same time, he's performing. I mean, he had one bad game where he missed seven consecutive three pointers. And since then he's made seven straight. So, I mean, I can't even be upset. I mean, he's essentially it's a 50% three-point shooter across that span that's pretty damn good i'll take it and honestly i mean like 39s everyone's playing later you look at any sport any sport baseball football basketball soccer i mean these guys are playing into their late 30s at a high level and it just seems like the longevity of athletes with some of the advances and stuff like that are there and i think al horford can continue to play at the level he's playing at right now which is perfectly fine with me I'm perfectly okay with Al Horford playing where he's playing at right now. But Matt, where do you like? Are you are you glad about this deal? Where's your head at with this deal for the Celtics? Yeah, I think locking him up for an extra couple of years is a good idea. You know, a uh, ten million a year, especially in the NBA, with how you know crazy contracts have been getting. You know, ten million a year is nothing. So locking someone up like Al Horford until he's. But as far as him contributing to maybe a championship contender, thirty. I don't know how that's gonna work out. You know, the, I think the only person I looked it up, the only person older than 38 years old to average more than 12 points per game on a champion was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So it's gonna take a lot for him to 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 contribute to some teams. Like there was a few older players. There was Duncan at 37. He had 15 and 10 for a champion. Ray Allen averaged 11 for a, a Heat team. Jay Kidd at 37 was pretty good, but. For the most part, guys after 37, 38, 39, they're not going to be contributing to championship teams anymore. So I think it's good. He could play more of a Udonis Haslam type role as far as leadership goes. But as far as on the court production, I wouldn't be expecting too much at 38 or 39. I think that's a lot to ask for someone who's going to be in his, you know, 17th, 18th, 19th year in the league. Yeah, I mean, especially since, I mean, I, rem- I don't know if you guys remember this story that came out, but it, there was a story that Michael Jordan had to play with the third team guys with the with Charlotte because they didn't have enough players due to injuries and everything else. And he came out on the court and the rumor, he just dominated them all. Like, right. He took them to the, took them to the cleaners and they were like, it was insane. Like we've never seen, he dominated the ones with the threes, dominated the twos with the threes. Didn't matter who he was playing with or playing against. They, they do- he dominated them. They couldn't believe what they were watching. The guy was in his forties and they said, you know, we would have believed that he was in his twenties until we looked over after practice. And he had like four bags of ice taped to his legs as he was stretched out sitting on the bench because, you know, his knees were, were just dead. And honestly, you know, I don't Al Horford's going to play a lot less minutes as this goes along. And I think that uh, managing his minutes is going to be key, like you said. But at the same time, like if he comes out, and he shoots, you know, he takes maybe seven shots. Three of those are from behind, behind the arc. He makes two of those. I can deal with him doing those things and being the defensive guy that he that he's shown recently right for 10, 15 minutes a game. If he gives a solid 10, 15 minutes a game, comes out, gives seven points and, you know, has a plus and is he's in the plus side of the points differential there i'm okay with that that's a good that's a good signing and i'm okay with what he's doing right now so i mean i see it tailing off like you said but honestly it's a good deal like ethan do you agree with matt and i do you think this that this works out for the celtics favor if i'm being honest yeah i absolutely love the idea of him coming back for another two years me and my dad were talking because we're both diehard celtic fans and we were both saying you know he made a big market like the last year we honestly think there would have been a lot more teams going to be after him in free agency probably offering him around the 10 million maybe even over to the 15 million mark for him 
Yeah. And, and a lot of those deals may have been one-year deals. It wouldn't have been as secure. He does love it in Boston. He's he's one of the best places he says he's played. He obviously spent a lot of his career in Atlanta, uh, but he loves Boston. He loves to be back in Boston. There's a reason he came back after spending some time with the Phillies or, or Philadelphia, Philly, you know, Philadelphia team, 76ers. <laughs> That's baseball. <laughs> baseball was on my mind for a second there. I, I saw an ad earlier for, for a Phillies World Series jersey from like 2008. I don't but either way, you know, he came back to Boston. He likes it in Boston. His sister has said that they like it in Boston. Everybody has said that's close to Al Horford. He loves Boston. He wants to finish his career in Boston. And this effectively allows him to do that. And I think that's great. You know, and like you said, there was probably going to be a market for his services because he's he's a big that has the ability to defend pretty much two to the five. I wouldn't say he can defend the he's one unselfish. very well. Yeah, and he's unselfish. He's a good passer. He's a good defender. He's got a good shot. He shoots a high a percentage, and he shoots a high percentage from the free throw line. And he's a, he's a he's a leader. He's a veteran presence that a lot of these young teams need. You know, and Ernesto, obviously, Ethan, Matt, and I are all on the same page. But what do you think? Do you think this Al Horford deal is going to work out for for the Boston Celtics in the end? Oh, a hundred percent. I've seen a lot of people flip about the money, and you mentioned that you thought it was a little bit too much. Uh, there's a new TV deal about to get struck with the CBA and the TV deal. So the salary cap is just going to jump even more. So in the long run, this deal is going to look like chump change compared to let's look at, okay, I'm going to mention one, one thing. When the first TV deal happened back in like, what was it? 2016, 2017, Timothy Miles got made set like six, $17 million. And you had Luau Dang rob the Lakers of $19 million. And you had, <laughs> A lot of bad contracts. Uh, even Duncan Robinson is riding the bench for the Heat, making about $17 million right now. <laughs> um, $10 million, yes, he's aging, but like you guys hit on the nose, if you could give me 15, 10, 15, maybe even 20 on a given night, I'll take it. Play good defense, hit the corner three, you know, hit the pick and pop. Oh, Horford, I mean, he's. Don't look at his regular season stats. There's a quote out there that a lot of Celtics fans say, and I said it a lot last season during the playoffs, playoff Al. He saves a lot of his energy for the playoffs. Let's not remember, I ne- never, I'll never forget how loud I screamed at my TV when he dunked on Giannis and Albert oh, Giannis at the same time. Or when he went off for like 27 points in that game against the Bucks, he was hitting the corner three, and it was just like this mega hype around him. Like, because Giannis flexed on him, and he said, all right, bet, and then came back and yammed it on Giannis. Delivered a little elbow. Why was it called a foul when Giannis was elbowing our whole team, the whole thing? I don't know. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> but he holds himself for the playoffs. So in the playoffs, Al Horford steps up. He plays. He delivers. He's a team player. He's a, one of the leaders on that team. And I love it. Uh, I've loved Al Horford. I hated when we got rid of him and he went to Philly for that big contract. And he, I love, I love when we traded Kemba for him. Yeah, I mean, honestly, getting Al Horford back was probably one of the best things they could have done. And I still remember uh, his sister came out with a with a tweet after that thing happened. After she saw it, she's like, "My brother does not do that. He does not like you know. He doesn't he doesn't talk trash. He doesn't do that stuff." So when she saw the look in his eyes on that on that camera when he was looking at Gianna, she's like, "It's over." Celtics I'm hoping Rob. Series. I'm hoping Rob. I know there's a gif <laughs> about it somewhere. I hope Rob puts it because that's oh yeah yeah. He just, the, the, he, okay. just he just meme okay. and goes. Oh, dude, his eye, like you could just tell he was locked in. And and that is the kind of leadership this team has needed. And I honestly think Al Horford's presence with Marcus Smart is contributing to the growth we're seeing in Brown and Tatum because they are doing some sim- – they're, they're taking over. They're showing the fire. And it's honestly – this team is gelling in such a way that I don't think we saw this early in the season. Like they look better 
than they did on the on that run they went midseason last year. The energy is about to shift, and I, it's already shifted. I it's, think it, the reason crazy. I think the reason they look so good is because last season you had a defensive minded coach, so you had more of a defensive. The the Celtics are on record pace to be one of the highest scoring teams in NBA history. Like they just dropped one forty a few games ago, and they keep dropping over a hundred points every single night, damn near, and even over one twenty a few times. And it's because Joe Mazzula, I don't, I hope I'm saying his last name right, but Joe is a very, very big offensive minded coach. He was a player, he was an offensive player, and you know Ime was a defensive minded coach, so he focused more on defense, and Joe's focusing on scoring. But the defense is starting to pick up and be a lot better as well, along with the scoring. So everything's gelling I mean, so perfect for them. Yeah, and I, I mean, honestly, the Celtics, the way they're looking right now, you look at it, and I don't know if you guys are tracking the D-League, the, the main Celtics right now. They're not that far off. They, they Like, if you look at the offensive efficiency for both of these teams, for, for the D-League Celtics and what the Celtics have at the NBA level, they're almost identical. I think there's like a half a point, maybe a one-point difference in their offensive efficiency. They're both first in their conferences. They're both shooting insanely well from the field. Both coaches. I mean, this you know this is the first time that a Celtics player and coach have won Coach of the Year since night. I think it's like 1986, and it was Larry Bird and the head coach of the Celtics at the time that won that won that award. And uh, the Celtics ended up winning the 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 championship that year. So just saying, but we'll go. That's enough of the Celtics talk. Obviously we can't, like, it's hard not to talk about them when they're the best team in the NBA. I mean, they're 14 and one over the last 15 games. I don't nice. know how you don't talk about the Celtics right now. Uh, so we had to slip a little bit of it in there. Obviously we segued from Al Horford a little bit, but Al Horford, I believe is a hundred percent. Like he, he's probably one of the key cogs of why this team is doing what they're doing, especially without Robert Williams right now. And I, another great leader that they have in that, in that locker room right now uh, is a guy that doesn't get talked about because he's kind of tailed off in his career. But Blake Griffin is doing a lot of good things. And I'm happy that he's on that team as well, because he's definitely a veteran leadership they needed, but let's go ahead and talk. You talked about, you know, how we talked about how Tatum's doing very well and how he's an MVP candidate. And obviously you're wearing the Tatum jersey there, Ernesto, but let's talk about two other MVP candidates right now. One's kind of quietly in the conversation. The other one is leading the conversation outside of Tatum. One is is Devin Booker. Uh, obviously, you know, the Suns are, are kind of starting. They're running away with the West. They're and the West. We already talked about They're It's good. It's not there's no great teams. There's a lot of good teams in the West. But Devin Booker is leading the Suns as probably the best team in the West right now, which we've seen them be, you know, throughout the last, what, three regular seasons, it feels like. They were the best team in the regular season just to get ousted in the playoffs. But, I mean, he just dropped 51 points uh, earlier this week, and it's quietly doing it because, you know, the Suns have been kind of having a lot of stuff going on. They're not quite what we thought they would be. But is is Devin Booker quietly making a case to be an MVP? Excuse me, to be an MVP candidate, man. Now I've got Devin Booker third behind Tatum and Giannis. Um because Luca, as he's put great numbers, I just saw a stat uh, today that he has. Let me check. He has. He's averaging 32, 10, and seven on 53% shooting. But the Mavs are one and five in their last six games. So he's he's putting up big numbers, but it's not leading to wins. And Devin Booker is putting up big numbers, and it is and it is leading wins, especially without CP3. We thought CP3 was the engine that made that team go. Since he, you know, when he got traded over to Phoenix, that's what's made them turn them into a contender. But Devin Booker's proven, hey, I'm, you know, I'm that guy too. He's averaging 29 points, six assists, five rebounds on 49, 38, and 88% from the field. And uh, from the from the, uh, the field, 
from the three and from the free throw line, respectively. So I mean, yeah, and like I said, it's quietly doing it though. Like not a lot of people are talking about what he's doing, and it's kind of crazy because I mean, you don't just drop fifty-one points and suddenly everybody's you know, like you. Eighty percent shooting. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like no one's really talking about it. like, oh, he he had fifty-one points, and it was kind of like a side note to everything else going on in the NBA right now. It's like, oh, Devin Booker had fifty-one. You know, like 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 you're reading a newspaper. I know no one does that anymore because everything's digital. But you're reading a newspaper, <laughs> and in the bottom corner, it's like you know you got the big ad up front, and then somewhere down here on like page D seven, Booker goes off for fifty one, like at the bottom in really tiny print. That's what it feels like. But I mean, Ethan, is Booker in your in your MVP uh, talk right now? Do you I think mean, he's, what, he's what, what, what are we talking like? Top three, top five? Yeah, uh, top five. I'll give you top five. Top five. I would go. I would put him at number five. I would put okay. him at number five. I mean, he's always been there the last, like, two years of always being hovering in that top ten. It's just I make a big case about consistency. Obviously, you know, he's dropping these numbers now, but he could fall off a fucking cliff within the next month. It's all about staying consistent the entire year. The MVP isn't a award you give to someone who had a great month, maybe two. You give it to them when they had a great year. He's got to stay consistent, and you know, he if he does stay consistent, I'd put him in my top three. I mean, yeah, and that's the one thing we've always been we've always talked about, right? Is consistency wins. Like you have to be consistently putting up good numbers, and your team has to be winning. We talked about it uh, a few episodes ago. How you know Steph Curry is doing incredible stuff. But the Warriors aren't winning games. I mean, they're they're. I think they just got back to five hundred this week. They're they're like eleven and eleven right now. But you know, Steph Curry is still doing Steph Curry. You know, he's doing, still doing Steph Steph Curry stuff. The problem is, is that the team doesn't look good, and and they have they have time to turn it around. And I think if they do turn it around, he is going to be he has to be in the conversation. But right now, he's just not. And I feel like Luca, you know, because of the Mavs slide right now. Is is kind of in the same thing where he's he's you know you're you're not leading to wins and that's what it is you can you can have great numbers right you can have great numbers but if it doesn't lead to wins what are we even talking about like I mean you think about some of the great the like, the highest scoring games some people had right the highest scoring games Jordan had the highest scoring games that oh we got a little little extra sports fan here with Ernesto there. <laughs> But you, know, you think about some of the greatest games that some of these people had, right? Like Kobe's, some of Kobe's high-scoring games in the '60s and things like that. They don't necessarily lead to wins, you know. Like, like some of those games are L's. You think about like LeBron, some of his highest-scoring games. You can show that you can have one guy pop off for 60 points, but if the rest of the team does nothing. It's an L. Like he pops off for 60, the rest of the team gives him 20, and they and the other team scores 100. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? No, no one's looking at it, right? And I think that's kind of how we're feeling about Luca right now. How we're feeling about Steph right now is how you know this is looking. Is that you know you're doing all these great things and sure you're setting records and you're doing this really good stuff, but you're just got nothing going on. But Ernesto, I mean, is is Booker in your top five for MVP right now? No, no. I, I don't give shit what he does. He dropped seventy against the Celtics, uh, like his rookie or second year in the NBA. And oh, so I, you're I biased. I'm not biased. <laughs> no, it's not why I'm saying no. Uh, I believe the MVP is an individual award. It should not be based off your team record. And I went on a rant when we talked about Stephen Curry about two weeks ago about the MVP award always being the best fucking team. 
then have an award that the best team gets this fucking award. That's what the fuck the ESPYs are for, not fucking MVP. Most valuable player. Most valuable player should be labeled as Steph Curry because what he brings to his team. And, and yes, Luka maybe one in five the last six games. But who the fuck is he playing? With? You could say yes, Steph. Uh, Chris Paul is missing. Chris Paul is one player, and you can't look at Chris Paul and you know. Like, you don't have DeAndre Aiden. Like, you don't have a great, great, well-rounded uh, team around you. When you, I'd rather have DeAndre Aiden than have Spencer Dinwiddie be my second-best player. I mean, it's, I mean Luka's, yeah. got the same, Luka's, Luka's got the same team he had last year, though, and he had, what, 50 wins last year was the Western Conference Finals, and now this year he's under okay, 500. But, but teams have so like, bumps. There's still, a lot to, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. I mean, up to this For point sure. last season, the Celtics were doing dog shit, and look what happened then. Like, you can't judge I mean, the yeah. season yeah. this early. I mean, we're talking about MVPs right now. We're not talking about MVPs in, you know, four, four months from now. You know, we're yeah, talking we're, about who's like, the MVP right now. We're so you got to yeah. judge it based on what's happening, you know. I mean, judging by the numbers, Luka Doncic should be very high in that conversation. If I mean, he's listed as number numbers, one right yes. now. Actually, a lot, a lot, they released a new one a couple hours ago. Tatum's the new number one. Tatum is the new number one. Yeah, not surprised. Not surprised. He he had a forty nine point game, I believe it was forty nine piece big nugget. Yeah. And so I mean, he's, she was he's upset. Doing crazy she she was upset because she heard uh she heard Devin uh, name. She, she heard Devin Booker's name. We're not Suns fans. <laughs> <Yeah. in this> <laughs> <house>. <laughs> Completely understand. Well, speaking of Luca, Luca's doing some really crazy things, and and Ernest is right. I mean, if you're going purely off the numbers. He should be number one because I mean, I'll read a stat to you guys and just you know tell you what's going on with Luca. He's had his third forty point plus or forty plus point triple double this season. He's got five total. There's only five other guys besides Luca who have ever done that, and Luca's now he's doing that. And that's one of the things I think. Like LeBron's got six. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's in that list, and the guy who lead. I, I have to go back and look at his name because I don't even remember it, but. I mean, you got a, it's just, it's insane. And Luca, like we said, I mean, if you go off the numbers, he's number one. But like we said, you know, it's not only numbers, it's wins. Like you think about like some of like some of the other sports, right? Barry Sanders is no doubt one of the best running backs we've ever seen, but he played for the Detroit Lions, right? <laughs> like, like his team wasn't good, but he, he was probably one of the best running backs we've ever seen. You think about how Luca's kind of carrying this team, how Steph's trying to carry this team right now. And that's kind of what it feels like. You have these great talents that aren't doing much, but I mean, he's break like Luca's breaking records. He's averaging more points than anybody else in the league. You know, he's leading the league in points scored. He's he's doing amazing things. His his percentage is scoring percentage is, is good. His shooting percentage is good. And you know, unfortunately, it's not converting to wins. But I mean, like, hey, let's just take a second and and for 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 Luca's sake and just acknowledge this accomplishment, right? Like. If, Ethan, if I hadn't told you that he was like one of six players to do this, would you have even thought that that was like, like once again, this is a weird stat to bring up like, Oh, 40, 40 plus point triple double. You know, it feels like, you know, he's the only player to to eat an apple on a Tuesday while playing basketball kind of thing. But it is a rather incredible thing to think about. You know, when you think about how many times, like if you look at how many triple doubles Kevin Durant has. All right. And you'd think he has a lot. He doesn't. Kevin Durant, like, I think I, I saw something the other week, and he's got like 17 triple doubles. Like, it's not a lot. He scores a lot of points. He dishes out. He does, dishes out a lot of assists, but like the rebounds are, or like, it's, it's always one or the other, right? He's never really. He doesn't really do the triple double thing. Luca has five triple doubles 
with 40 plus points or more. I mean, it's like he's <laughs> like that's insane in comparison to how many triple doubles just Kevin Durant has, right? So, I mean, what do you think, Ethan? Is this is this another just check in the box for Luca's MVP season, or do the Mavs really have to start winning games for him to really make it? I mean, it isn't light work to get a triple double. Not many no. players do that. I mean, obviously Westbrook made it look easy, but I think that it's really going to help his MVP ca- uh, campaign. Obviously, I, he is, in my opinion, leading the race. I'm not a, I'm somewhat of a biased Celtics fan, but I'm going to put him ahead of Tatum, um, for obvious reasons. I mean, you don't see Tatum dropping forty point triple doubles on a nightly basis. Oh yeah, no. I mean, he'll he'll put up the points, but it's, he's not there in assists. He's not there in, in rebounds. And a lot of people could say that's probably because the offense doesn't run through him. You know what I mean? Like Luca, he's 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 a small point, right? He's a small forward playing point guard. That's he's a three playing the one all the time. He brings the ball up the floor. The offense runs through him. He's doing the passing. He's getting the rebounds. He's a big physical guy. You know, he doesn't play very quick, but you know that's kind of his game. That's what he does. And honestly. That's kind of why he's able to do these things. You think about anyone who's done a lot of the, got a lot of these triple doubles, like LeBron. LeBron, at point in times in his career, has played the one. He has brought the ball up the court. He has done those things out of bounds on rebounds. He does that type of stuff, which allows LeBron to have those triple doubles. You think about how Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the offense when he played there, kind of went through Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He would get doubled, pass out, hit the open guy. I mean, those are the kinds of things that these guys do, and that's why Luca is able to do these things. Tatum doesn't. They don't run the offense that way in Boston. So I think that kind of skews that a little bit, for, like what you're saying, like Tatum, you don't see Tatum doing that. He's getting the points because he's the shooter, right? He's the guy who's going to create his own shot. He's the guy that is they're going to create shots for, but he's not going to be the guy who's passing the ball. They want him taking the shot. They want Jalen Brown taking the shot. So they're not really dishing out the assists unless someone is breaking, you know, they're doubling them, collapsing the defense on them. Then they're going to find the open guy. But still a lot of times, I mean, you see Jason Tatum taking on three defenders at the rim just to, just to, you know, bounce the ball off their head, you know? So, I mean, but yeah, I think I'm with you. I think it definitely adds to his MVP candidacy. I too still think that, you know, Luca is the one I know the Mavs are on a little bit of a skid right now, but I mean, I just can't deny what he's doing. And I do think it's skewed a little bit because of how they run the offense there in Dallas, but it still doesn't take away from what he's doing. You know, he's still getting the points. He's still getting the rebounds. He's still dishing out the assists. I mean, he's basically doing everything he possibly can to get this team to win. And they're just not. So I don't know if I can take that away from the guy, but Matt, I mean, we said, you already said it, you know, Tatum, I think you said Tatum's your number one right now. Cause Luca is on the, on the skid, but do, I mean, do you think this stat is this change your mind or all? Is Tatum still your number one? No, it doesn't. It doesn't change my mind. Uh, yeah, it doesn't change my mind. I still got. Uh, I still got uh, Tatum number one. But I mean, listen, I don't want. I don't want it to seem like I'm some Luca hater. Like if Luca ends up a top four seed in the West this year and he puts up these numbers, like I'll vote for him for MVP. Like he's putting up incredible numbers. Like he's 33 nine and nine on 50 percent shooting. Like that's crazy. You know, you just got to get the wins. Like right now, he's the 11 seed in the West. Like I'm not going to give the MVP to someone who's not in the playing tournament. Or who's, who's literally not even in the playing tournament right now. So you yeah. at least got to be in the play-in for me to give you the MVP. But I think he'll end up at least in, up in the playoffs. And I think, you know, if they end up a top four seed, I have no problem giving Luka Doncic the MVP because he completely backpacks that entire team. He, like oh, yeah. Ernesto and Ethan and you've said too, Joe, like if, if we were voting today, I wouldn't vote for him still. 
Yeah. And and that's the truth, you know, like like I know Ernesto hates that. We, we keep talking about the record and, and where you're at and everything like that and how, you know, it, it, it I understand his point of view. I understand your your point of view, Ernesto. And yes, it is frustrating. And and I feel the same way about the MVP in the NFL, how it always goes to a quarterback and it frustrates the hell out of me too. But you, you talk about it and things like that. And, you know, you can't argue that if Tatum is doing the things he's doing and he's not far off from Luca, right? He's not that far off, you know, from in points. He's not that far off and, and they're winning games. Granted, Tatum has a better supporting cast. Right. No one is going to argue that that, that I mean, you got Brogdon, you got white, you got smart, you got Brown, you got Horford and you got Sam Hauser who, who's doing crazy things right now coming off the bench. And, and you're going to get Robert Williams, a third back. The Celtics have a better team than the Mavericks. Right. And I think that maybe discounts Tatum a little bit, just like how Luca's record right now and where his team is at discounts him a little bit. And I have a very hard time deciding between the two of them because what they're both doing is incredible. It's just that one has a way better team and is getting way more support than the other one is right now. And that's the only difference between the two is that realistically, I mean, if you were to swap, swap Luca for Tatum right now, I believe that Luca does what he's doing. And I think Tatum regresses a little bit because Tatum does, I mean, Luca's a, I think Luca's a better ball handler. I think he's a better passer. I think I, I just that's that's the truth. That's where I'm at now. Luca's not as good of a defender as Jason Tatum is. I think Jason Tatum on the defensive side of the ball absolutely owns Luca, like completely. But that's it wouldn't have, Luca wouldn't really have to def, be that guy on the on the Celtics. But that's I mean that's the difference right now is that one's playing with a really good team and is feasting, and the other one is playing in spite of his team. And is still feasting and doing these things. And I, that's why I'm like, I'm kind of with Ernesto right now that I still think Luca's number one. It just, if, if they can start getting some wins for this guy, I mean, he's got, like, they have to. His team has to start showing up because he is playing his damn heart out every single game. But Ernesto, you know, 40 point triple double, third of the year, fifth of his career, number six all time to do it. Is Luca your number one? Yes. I mean, uh, I, I stand by my belief that the MVP is an individual award, and I don't give a shit. I will stand by that. I will die with that. Uh, I, I I hate sports media when they do that and they just look at wins because you have to look at the supporting cast. The Celtics dropped, what, what was it, 120, 140 without Jason Tatum a few days ago? Like, that's yeah. just how, that just goes to show that they have a better support cast. I'm pretty sure – I'll. If you put our, our our four players off bench and surround them against around Luca, they would win more games than the Mavericks team right now. Because <laughs> Sam Hauser is coming off that bench, Brogdon's coming off that bench, and Hauser's being a, Derek a, White. a, a sniper. <laughs> Derek White, like, and you got Hauser's being a sniper, and I will go as far to say if he if he gets into that three point contest, he's going to win the three point contest this year because he's just yeah. I think he shot I mean, six for six a few days, a few nights ago. I, as I well. think he's leading the league in three point percentage right now, <laughs> like minimum a certain number of shots. He's and a lot off. of I saw a lot of Celtics fans say that uh, they wanted us to trade for Duncan Robinson so we could get a shooter. And I've seen so I follow some Celtics fan uh, Celtics fan sports uh, pages, and they were like, "Oh no, keep Hauser. He's cheap deal. He's a good shooter, and it's paying off and looks really good." Does look really good and. I mean, Mark Cuban's a billionaire. How can you not get Luca help? 
You're on Shark Tank every week for crying out loud. You can't get him help. You hear that, NBA free agents? You need to go on Shark Tank. You're marketing yourself. Get Mark Cuban to buy you. <laughs> but pay I mean, you under yeah, the salary, I mean, uh, under the salary cap. Pay you under the salary cap. I mean, you don't even need to get into the salary cap. All you need to do is just, I mean, pay the, the luxury tax, man. He's got the money. You just said it. Who cares, right? Just pay the luxury tax. Who cares? But, I mean, we're talking about, you talk, You mentioned the Celtics. We've mentioned the Celtics on this thing a bit. And there's a reason, right? They have not scored. And going back to the preseason, the lowest amount of points the Celtics have scored in a game is 102. 102. They scored, like, I think that, I think I did the math. They've had 18 games where they've scored 110 points or more. They're averaging something like 119.8, almost 120 points per game. All right. Like that is insane. They're shooting over, like they're shooting just about at 50% from the field. (laughs) Tatum is an MVP candidate. And when he's not on the floor, Jalen Brown's doing the same things that Tatum's doing, putting up 35, 38 points. This team, and, and what's terrifying right? And what should terrify everyone else is that they've improved like eight points or, or like eight spots in their defensive efficiency. So they went from like 24th all the way up to like 16. And they've done all of this with arguably their best defensive big man out of the game. And he's suspe- he's supposed to be back right now. They're projecting him back by Christmas. All right. So the NBA is on notice right now. The Celtics are doing things. It's historic, right? What they're on right now is a historic offensive run. No one has done this. And just to prove it, they ranked all the teams in the NBA, right? The best offensive team to the worst offensive team. Here's the thing. From first to I think it is uh, second is the same gap in points and in, in like uh, offensive efficiency points as it is from second to to 16th <laughs> it is five points all right which means that, that the Celtics lead the 16th best team in offensive offensive efficiency by 10 points per game they're blowing out <laughs> the 16th best offense by 10 points they're blowing out the second best offense by five on average and and honestly What's crazy is I think their defense is better than their rating because they are honestly up on most of these teams by 20 points with like five minutes left, and they're putting in their bench. Their bench is wrapping up games, like with a decent chunk of time left, and their bench is doing so well that they're still tossing up points. And it's just it's mind-boggling, all right? And like I said, we're all a little biased here. I know I'm a Celtics fan. Ernesto's obviously wearing his Celtics jersey. Ethan's already said he's a biased Celtics fan. Matt, I assume Celtics. I'm a Spurs fan, actually, but Spurs but fan. The, the Spurs sucks. So the Spurs sucks, so I can bandwagon to the Celtics. <laughs> I like it. So, but I mean, <laughs> is this the best offensive just domination that we've seen in the NBA? Oh yeah. Yep. No doubt. I mean, it's insane. To, it's insane to think about. You think about some of the greatest, like the great teams, right? Like when the Splash Brothers were going off in Golden State. You know, Jordan and Pippen. You had uh, you had Ray Allen. You had D Wade. You had Chris Bosh. You had LeBron James. All those guys are prolific scorers. You had all this just talent, and this is the just 
absolutely like gelled right off the spot. Right? Like this team came out of the gate and they were like, oh, how's Malcolm Brogdon gonna gonna settle in? How's he gonna look? How's Jason Tatum gonna look? How's this coaching thing gonna gonna affect them? How's Missoula gonna handle all this stuff? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And and I am absolutely in awe of what I'm seeing. And the rest of the NBA should be. I don't care if you're a Spurs fan, if you're a Heat fan. Like, I don't care who you're a fan of in the NBA. If you're not, like, watching this Celtics team and just, like, jaw on the floor, you're not a basketball fan. You're just not. Because this is rarefied air. As rare as it's going to be when LeBron does, you know, pass you know, all-time points, most points scored, this is this is in that category because this is historic. Like you have never yeah, seen a team do this. This team is crazy right now with how their their offensive efficiency. Like they're averaging 129 or 121.9 a game. That's two more than Sacramento. And then as far as Eastern Conference teams go, they're averaging six more points a game than the next best Eastern Conference team. The the Celtics are just going crazy right now, and their team three point percentage is 41 percent right now. 41% on 41 attempts. They're so they're hitting 17 threes a game shooting 41%. Like that's crazy. Like that's a let's that's, that's like one of the if it was one person that's like one of the best shooters in the league. That's their entire team doing that. So like that's crazy. The the, the offensive efficiency right now is off the charts. They're shooting 85% from the line as a team too. So it's like they get to the line they're making all their free throws too. So there's no way to guard them at this point. I was going to say something that they are, if they keep on this record pace, they, they could be the first team in NBA history to finish 50, 40, 90. Yeah, they're close. They're now. shooting like 48, 49% from field goal range as well, like within the two points. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously, you mentioned 41% from three and 85 from the three, uh, free throw. They, they could easily be on pace to finish uh, 50, 40, 90. And the first team in NBA the history free throw. The free throws is going to be tough. You got to get 90% free throws from everybody. That one's going to be the tough one. But yeah, yeah. the 50% from oh, the field uh, and the 40% from the three is realistic. I mean, you think Robert about Williams it too. I mean, just, just, it. Yeah, just, just, just 50, 40, 80 is, is, is insane to think about. I mean, it, it's like I said, they are doing things. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't, like, I think, like, we've, we've already talked about, like, it seems to be their kryptonite is if your your city starts with a C. So, Chicago and Cleveland <laughs> seem to be the only teams that they lose to. And, you know, then they come out and everybody else is just, they just dominate them. And it's insane the way they're doing it. And I just don't know. Like, it, it feels almost like it's not sustainable. You know what I mean? It, it feels like it's not sustainable. It's, it, and I've seen the memes, all right? I've seen the memes, and it's that, that seems like save the line, Bart, and it's all everyone else is wearing all the other caps in the league, and it's like every team they beat that that's the cap Bart's wearing. And it's like the Celtics can't keep shooting like this forever, and you know it's funny to look at it, but the truth of his is that it's kind of true. I don't know if they can keep doing this. I mean, Ethan, do you think that they can continue to to play this well? Yeah, I mean they have every piece around them. Once they get Rob back, they're only gonna get better, and knowing Stevens. He's going to figure out a way to make a move at the deadline to make him even fucking better. I mean, I don't even know if he needs to. He's built the – and that's the thing. Stevens was a good coach. And, right. he, and he inherited a good team as a coach, and he inherited a good team as a GM. 
But the the things he's done, the Malcolm Brogdon, and, and it's unfortunate that Danilo Gallinari got hurt, and he may be back for the playoffs. I don't know how healthy he'll be. I don't know how well the rota- right. he'll fit into the rotation. He, he's, but, he's on pace for the playoffs. He's on pace for playoffs, like late season playoffs. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know how healthy he's going to be but or how he's going to fit into the rotation. But honestly, I mean, I don't even know he's got to make a move. I mean, if they're still playing this well at the deadline, I wouldn't want to touch a thing. I wouldn't want to touch a damn thing. With, I'd be like, you know what? We're good. We're just going to run it out. Because if they're still putting up this many points, if they're still beating people like this, and they're still shooting like this, I don't want to even take a chance of messing with the chemistry. I, I don't think there's one chance. move they make. I think they trade Peyton Pritchard. I think because Pritchard has said But he he's been a dog. He's, he's he has, loved in that locker room. He's loved on that bench. And I think that you can't do it. I don't think he, you can. He has more. He wants more minutes. And it's like you can't. They're so deep at guard. It's so hard to fit him in. Smart, Brogdon, Derek White, Jalen Brown. You know, all these guards, Hauser, you know, all these guards. It's so hard to fit him in the rotation. He wants more minutes. It's like a Terry Rozier situation. He got a taste of a good rotation time. And he was producing. And now he want, he's demanding minutes. And it's like. What do you do? I, I mean, I can only, go ahead, Ethan. Like one or two people, like actually getting traded, and that's if we re we can't re-sign Grant to an extension. There's going to be teams offering more than what the Celtics can really offer due to them not having any cap. If they can't re-sign him, I see him and Pritchard being packaged for an even better backup four. I mean, that's I definitely a possibility. I think they need a back at five. I, I don't trust Cornette coming off the bench still. I like Cornette. He's size. Do but, not dog on the greatest not, rim I'm defender not. I've ever seen. All right. I mean, that dude has got it figured out. I've never seen I, someone contest from over 20 feet away from the guy shooting the basketball and it worked. This guy, I don't I don't even get it, dude. Like I think I think that the, the guy shooting the basketball is so in awe of what Luke Cornette is doing. <laughs> that he can't concentrate on the shot. I don't even think it's him blocking the view of the rim. I think it's just so damn weird. But, <laughs> bro, like, like <laughs> but why, first of all, why is Udonis Haslam in the game in 2022? Like, <laughs> like why is he still in the game? He's taking threes, and then you got him in the corner guarding Tatum? Like, what, is, like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's the worst idea I've ever seen in my life. I mean, but I mean, it doesn't even matter who he's guarding. It, like he did, he's done it to everybody. I think he did it to 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 Harden and Harden bricked one. I think he's done it to like some big name guys. And I think it's just like honestly, if you're shooting a three, and the center who's supposed to be guarding you is twenty feet away from you, and he's just in the air, going like this. Can you honestly look me in the eyes and tell me you're not going to just fucking drop the ball laughing your ass off? That's the funniest damn thing I have ever seen. And it works. I and I think I that's do. why yeah. it works. Because it's absolutely it's absolutely hilarious. Absolutely, and I love it. I love it so much. But that's really all we got time for right here in the Brick House. It's obviously been a fun time. We like having fun here. We like talking basketball. That's why we do it. If you like the us talking basketball like the video share it to your basketball buddy share it to your friends get the get this video out there let's grow this community like subscribe go to our webpage. it'll be in the description of this video it's i'll go ahead and tell you it's www.the-house-call.com it'll be in the description obviously you can go there 
meet the crew, get our, bi- our bios in there. You can get to know us a little bit, see all the segments we got. It's got links to all of our social media. That's going to be TikTok, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and all of our videos are on YouTube, as well as all of our podcasts, all the audio from the videos we do are on Spotify. Rob, our editor, does a great job of making our videos really pop. Go check out some of the old videos. Make sure to give this video a like, share it to your buddy, share it to your friends. You can go down to that Society6 link down there. That's where all of our merch is. You can get T-shirts. They got all kinds of stuff there. Normally, I wear the T-shirt. Obviously, it's in the laundry right now. I wore it to work. Didn't wear it for, for a show. Go figure, right? Didn't plan well. <laughs> it happens. But that's the link, Society6.com, the house call podcast. And the other thing you see scrolling down there, that is the Liquid IV code. You can take that code. Go to liquidiv.com. Get 20% off and free shipping on your first order of Liquid IV. I know I'm a guava guy. Just about everybody else on this podcast loves water, Malone, and lemon lime. I'm the only guava guy really on here anymore. But <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But you take one packet of liquid IV, 16 ounces of water. I like it on ice. Give it a good stir, all the hydration you need. I like to have it when I'm doing anything physical, getting a good sweat on. Liquid IV is right by my side. You got three times the electrolyte all day hydration so go get yourself some merch share like follow subscribe to these videos subscribe to the channel go to all of our our, uh, social media subscribe there follow us there go get yourself some liquid iv stay hydrated and we'll catch you next time here on the brick house you also got to remember you know for that entire khabib beef that uh, conor mcgregor had um artem loboff was there to back him up 